If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. What is going on? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. How are you guys doing? I was going to allow you guys a little bit of time to to get yourself situated because we're about to drop some bombshells on you. Yeah, that's right. Some big mega bombshells. don't really know where I was going with that, but how are you guys doing? Welcome over here to the, it's the end of the week. It's Friday. I know a lot of you guys are super excited to get out of work. I know a lot of you guys are actually listening to this while you are actually driving home from work. So hello, how are you doing? And welcome. If you guys are listening or watching, I guess, on YouTube, you guys know you guys can go over to Spotify, click the link at the top of the description, it'll actually take you over there and you guys can just go hit the subscribe or follow button and you can listen to this anywhere, literally anywhere in the world. I, I believe anywhere in the world for the most part. Actually, you know what? I know it's anywhere in the world. In Iran, someone is listening to this thing. That is like my fifth most listened to country. So I don't really know why that's a thing, but it is. It goes like United States, Canada, Australia, UK, Iran. Kind of weird. A little different. I don't know who's in Iran listening to this, but if you're in Iran, how are you doing? I noticed you're listening. And there's quite a few of you. So if you guys did not know this, this is kind of an interesting little little piece we're going to start today off with. The FFA, excuse me. Not the future farmers of America, but the <laughs> but uh, the FAA. <laughs> so the FAA has grounded all of Fox News drones near where thousands of migrants are sheltering under a bridge. I don't know if you guys have seen this footage. Do we have the footage, Charles? We do. Okay, so that, that footage is going to go up. Thank you, of Charles, right now. So the Federal Aviation Administration has instituted a two-week flight restriction over the city of Del Rio. Yes, that is right. Del Rio, Texas, you cannot fly a drone over for the next two weeks. That was uh, put up uh, this last Thursday and it was preventing Fox News from operating a drone that had been using to capture images of thousands of migrants sheltering under a bridge that uh, that are waiting to be picked up by Border Patrol. If you guys did not know this, there's roughly about 10,500 10, underneath there. So the FFA's website said that the temporary flight restrictions over Del Rio port of entry and the international bridge was to put a place for special security reasons, but did not elaborate. So the special security reasons are the Biden administration does not want people seeing these images, which is kind of funny because I, I, I don't want to say it's kind of funny, but it is somewhat ironic in the same time prior to the election, like leading up to the election. Can we, we show the image of AOC? Yes, this is AOC. If you guys are sitting on Spotify right now, you guys can't see it, but she is now holding onto the fence and she is crying at the border. But here recently... AOC has not even attempted to make a trip to the border. Actually, none of our public officials have made a trip to the border except for Senator Cruz. I actually have a video of Mr. Ted Cruz doing Ted Cruz things at the border. Let's go ahead and play that. 
The answer is simple, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are absolute hypocrites. Those 10,000 people there, do you know how many Border Patrol has tested? Zero. Not a one. They don't have the capacity to do that. And, and, and let me tell you something stunning that I learned tonight about why this happened, because this is a man-made crisis. Eight days ago, on September 8th, under that same bridge, there were between 700 and 1,000 people. That was what was coming a day, about 1,000, sometimes 1,100, but it would range between 700 and 1,100. Then, eight days ago, on September 8th, the Biden administration made a political decision. They announced that they were no longer going to fly deportation flights back to Haiti. 85% of the people under there are from Haiti. They're fleeing from Haiti. They announced they weren't going back. There were about 900 Haitians who were getting ready to board the flights when the political operatives in Washington canceled the flights. Well, what happened? Those 900 people, they all pulled out their cell phones and they emailed their friends and they emailed their families and they texted their friends and their families. That was eight days ago on September 8th. Today, it's September 16th, eight days later, and 700 people has grown to 10,500 because the word has gone out. If you're from Haiti, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have said, we have open borders, come to Del Rio, and they will let you in. So, I guess if you're from Haiti, if you're from anywhere actually other than, well, no, it's, it's stating Haiti, that they're not going to send you guys back. I don't know. There's probably nobody listening from Haiti. But if you guys did not know this right now, there is 10,500 people sitting underneath the bridge. We've already we've already shown you guys a clip. If you're not seeing it because you're listening to Spotify, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Go ahead and look at my YouTube channel. You guys can type in Robert Turkla or Lunkers TV or Speak the Truth. Doesn't really matter. It'll pop up. If you guys did not know, if you guys are wondering why some of the YouTube videos were a little bit later posted than it is on Spotify, the ones on Spotify are getting it the exact same day that it's filmed. But the ones on YouTube, you guys are listening like either 24 to 48 hours later because these videos have to be approved by YouTube, every single one of them gets dinged and I have to get them manually repro- reviewed and it takes like up to 24 hours to get it done. So it kind of backslog us just a tad if you were wondering as to why we're doing this. I've actually been contemplating setting up a separate channel, not for these entire podcasts because I'll always post them on this channel because it has the largest following and I think that's the best way to get the, the voice out there. But I think I'm going to set up a separate one that is Eclipse, like short and condensed version of this down to like 10 to 15 minute clips over and over and over again. So there you go. That was a thought that I had. I haven't decided if we're going to do that yet. Anyway, this is a man-made crisis where it could have been 100% prevented, just like what happened in the evacuations within Afghanistan. Those were preventable, just like this was preventable. If you just did not allow them to come in and free willy-nilly and just walk around, then we wouldn't have this problem. If you're a little tougher on the border, you wouldn't have this problem, would you? You know what I mean? If you just didn't let everybody come through. So one of the one of the real reasons why I believe that they don't really mind this border crisis or what you would say it is a border crisis is because of the fact that if they can allow them into the country and they do become citizens and they did it under the current administration, then they're more likely to vote for that administration and for that party of choice. So right now, I think I do have some numbers I'll share with you, but I believe it's around roughly 11 million additional people have came in. So this goes on to say that Biden's amnesty will only make the border crisis uh, worsen. So more than 200,000 immigrants. So what I told you guys this yesterday, uh, migrants, excuse me, I told you guys this yesterday, I was talking about it, is at a 21-year high right now at the border. 21-year high. They were detained for illegal entry in August, roughly the same number in July. Of those 200,000, just 44% of those returned to Mexico under Title 42. As you guys do know, Biden had to reinstate the Title 42 that Trump had made, and he said he was going to get rid of it. But then he realized, oh, it's kind of a good thing. Now we got to reinstate it. This means that for the second month in a row, over 100,000 migrants were released back by the the Biden administration into the United States to go wherever they wanted. Supposedly, these migrants will show up in court 
to pursue an asylum defense against deportation, but less than 15% of migrants who apply for asylum after illegally crossing the southern border ever are granted that status, which means that 85% are left to free roam in the country even though they have never had any lawful business here. So 85%. So let's just take a number real quick. If 100,000 came in last month, that means that 85,000 of them are here illegally. For what reason? Which means if you crossed illegally, you what did I say yesterday? You don't have to have the vaccine to even come in. And yet an American citizen is being forced to have the vaccine. But then you have illegal immigrants that are crossing and they're not forced to take it. And then they're not forced to show up in court. I mean, what are you going to do? Go find them at this point? President Joe Biden made an explicit promise not to deport these migrants during his campaign and has followed through with that promise, decreasing immigration and customs enforcement deportations to all-time lows. So what will happen to the hundreds of thousands of people who have entered this country illegally under the Biden administration? They're about to get the exact same thing that the 11 million illegal immigrants that are currently here are going to get, and that's amnesty. Last week, the House Judiciary Committee introduced a legislation that will be included into Biden's $3.5 trillion spending plan that would give amnesty to virtually every illegal immigrant in the United States today. That is the largest amnesty in history. I know a lot of you people probably think that this is a racist thing that I'm sitting here having this conversation about this. It's not. It's me just bringing up simple facts. If you bring more people that are legal over the border, like everybody, this is a crazy, a crazy thing that I don't really understand. The same side that screams for raising minimum wages, which I'm not totally against, but they also allow legal immigration to come through, which then kills wages. It absolutely destroys your wages because then these people that are coming in over the border are going to work for a lesser amount which then kills the amount of amount of Americans, like actual Americans that are going to get jobs. You see what I'm trying to say here? You can't allow a bunch of illegal immigrants to come over, lower their wages, drop the wages because they're going to work for less, and then you're going to scream from the rooftops that we need to raise minimum wages for Americans. And yet the same party that is doing that just destroyed the minimum wage requirement essentially for the average American worker because now they're having illegals working for less. Does, does it really make any sense? No. The Congressional Budget Office estimates that Biden amnesty will cost taxpayers $140 billion in taxpayer-funded federal programs such as food stamps, Medicaid, and the Affordable Care Act over the next 10 years. But the long-term costs are much, much, like, insanely higher. So if they give amnesty and they're allowed all these people to draw benefits from these programs, the illegal immigrants will end up costing the taxpayers. Yes, that is right. The taxpayers, the ones who are listening to this podcast right now, you, who are listening to this. If you have a job, you are a taxpayer. You want to know where your money's going? Here you go. It'll cost them an additional $1 trillion. That is us, the taxpayers. A trillion extra dollars to pay for these programs for these people. That's that. That's not a joke. It's literally on here. And the new $3.5 trillion plan, if he gives amnesty to every single illegal immigrant that came in prior to, I believe it was January 1st of 2021, and that was under the age of 18, you, you'll have to end up spending an additional trillion dollars in spending and tax money to pay for these people. Now, I'm not going to say that I, I don't dislike these people whatsoever. If you come to this country legally and do all that kind of stuff, fantastic. I think that's the right way to do it. I think if you're the most powerful country in the world, you have to set a standard when it comes to keeping your borders safe. Because right now, like we have no idea. So you have these Haitians that are down there. There's some uh, terrible stuff that's happening in their country. So I understand why they're coming down to seek asylum, which is fine. It doesn't bother me. But if you're going to allow them to freely come into the country, if you have 10,500 of them down there, do you really honestly know if every single one of them is Haitian? Or do you know if it's a extremist member that has came over using a Haitian identity card? Like no one really actually knows a fake one. Like no one has a real idea. You know what I'm saying? 
And right now, zero, there's been zero checks on any of them when it comes to COVID testing. Like, it's none. Uh, which I believe he had stated at in that video because I was trying to jot down some notes as he was talking. Yeah, I went from 700 to 1,000 people and 85% of the people underneath the bridge right now are actually Haitian and zero of them have been tested for anything. So since we're on the, the discussion currently of the borders, which I'm sure a lot of you guys and gals aren't really too concerned with, which before this at least, which some of you guys should be somewhat concerned about it because it will affect your job and how much your taxes and all that kind of stuff. So if you guys uh, did not know, at the same time, Abbott says that Biden reversed course and refused to allow closures of Texas borders. I did see it come through yesterday. I was, I, I was actually sitting in my living room. And I saw the fact that it said Abbott closed six border crossings. Like you can't come across at all is, is what he did after he saw this, which I thought was the right thing to do. But he then came out a couple hours later and have to reverse that because Texas Governor Abbott made the unprecedented move. Why is that word used so much? I feel like since the beginning of COVID, that is the only thing that is every, and I think Pelosi used that thing. I, she used that thing more than anybody on planet Earth. Unprecedented. Unpre- like, unprecedented. Like, okay. Anyway, move of shutting down six ports of entry with Mexico on Thursday following a surge of mig- migrants across the border illegally in the United States. However, he revised, or excuse me, he reversed courses an hour later saying that Biden administration changed the courses and refused to shut down the crossings. So he goes on to state this. Six hours, the U.S. Customs and Borders Protection requested help from Texas to close the port of entry and secure the border. The Biden administration has now flip-flopped to a different strategy that abandons border security and instead makes it easier for people to cross illegally and for the cartels to exploit the border. The Biden administration is in complete disarray and has handled the border crisis as badly as the evacuations from Afghanistan. Now, that is actually factual statements. This is something that I, don't, I don't understand how, how people can't really see through and how this hasn't really hurt them at all. It's, it's kind of surprising because it's the only thing that they discussed on a daily basis on how uh, Trump or Trump was throwing kids in cages or how the border crisis was so bad. And this still goes on to on to me saying I, everything that they were doing prior to the election, which I wish people would, would fully see through this, they were just going after the Hispanic vote. That's all they were trying to do this entire time, which is target Hispanics and go after the Hispanic vote. What have they done since they've been in office? Absolutely nothing. She doesn't even show up to the border anymore. AOC has not been to the border a single time since this has started. And yet before then, she was literally dressing up in her her white clothes going and crying while she's holding the, like, you see what I'm saying? Like it, it was an entire act just to gain support from the Hispanic voters that were down there in South Texas to try to flip the state of Texas, which ended up not happening. But what, what I'm, what I'm just trying to get at is everything that is going on, like allowing more of them into the, the country illegally and then giving them the amnesty just gives them an additional, I'm not going to say 11 million votes because that is what it would, it could be. But what I'm saying is that is in their eyes, that's exactly what it could be. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. That's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm just trying to point out the obvious to the ones that really can't see it or see through the bullshit. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But at the same time, there's even some more crazier stuff that a judge actually bars Biden from using COVID-19 as an excuse to rapidly deport illegals at the same time, which to me is even crazier. So now you have Abbott asking to close the borders. Then they close it for one hour, which didn't do anything. Biden then reopens them. And then a judge bars Biden from using COVID as an excuse to deport. How is that even a thing? How? What? So a federal judge on Thursday ruled that Biden administration can no longer cite COVID-19 to rapidly deport deport migrant families, despite a record number of largely unvaccinated migrants seeking to enter the U.S. as, of course, coronavirus patients clog hospitals and death counts. So what I'm telling you guys is three things have literally changed and happened at the border within the last 24 hours, and they're all goofy as hell. 
Well, it's just goofy. It's wild. What does it make any sense? No. The judge wrote that in a view of widely available testing vaccines and other minimization measures, the court is not convinced that the transmission of COVID-19 during border processing can cannot be significantly mi- mitigated. It took me a few times to read that, and I didn't really understand exactly what he was going at there. It's just saying that you can't utilize COVID-19 to de- deport people back to where they came from, which doesn't make any sense to me at all, because there's certain places in this country you're not allowed to go inside now after a certain date without being vaccinated but you're allowed to come into the country illegally without being vaccinated and they're trying to restrict air travel in here you can't even go to like i can't even go to certain countries in europe right now without being vaccinated for god's sake so why are we allowing people to come into the greatest nation on planet earth without being vaccinated if that's a big goal is to get everybody vaccinated why don't we just like this doesn't make any sense as you guys do know i spoke on the title 42 policy it was actually first adopted by trump admin last year but then was continued by biden officials as a legal crossing surge this year and President Biden made an exemption, or excuse me, an exemption for the large number of accompanied children coming from Central America. So data was released on Thursday that indicate that two straight months, that for two straight months, as you guys, I told you guys yesterday, from July and August, border detention surpassed 200,000, despite Biden's insistence that a spring surge in illegal crossings reflected as a seasonal bump, which we all know now is not true. If you guys watched yesterday's podcast, I showed a graph and I showed a chart, everything. That actually showed that it was completely down and then absolutely just spiked once it became an office. I mean, when I mean spiked, we're at a 21-year high type spike. All right, so we're done with the border crossing stuff. I just had to put it out there. I hope it makes some sense to some of y'all as to why it could be on some some's a polit- political agenda to allow these illegals to come into this country without a vaccine that they keep trying to mandate to the actual American citizen and why they would potentially just trying to gather more Hispanic votes in certain counties and or states. So there you go. I have nothing against Hispanic people. I don't care. I don't I'm just speaking how it is and what what you can see from a from a middle of the road like this is not looking at it from cnn or anybody's left or right side this is me just looking at it as a free-thinking american saying man this doesn't seem right none of this seems right what is going on why aren't we cleaning this up that's pretty much it yes that's a good point charles a secure border is not controversial literally anywhere on earth other than america and why is that political reasons here we go talk about some crazy sh- look at this a california teacher so this one right here is probably number one on my list of what in the world is going on in California to this day. It's, it's crazy, and these things keep popping up about California teachers. So if you're in California listening to this, you may want to just go, maybe walk into your child's classroom if you're allowed to. Don't do it during the middle of school day, or I don't know, but you, you might want to go take a gander. So there's a Los Angeles parent is sounding the alarm over poster display inside of a high school classroom that say, it says this, it's going to bleep out everywhere pretty much, but it says F America. But when it says it, it actually spells it out too. But it says America with three K's instead of C. And claim that law enforcement's primary purpose is to militarize and force white supremacist capitalism. So if you guys cannot see this because you were on Spotify, I'm going to tell you what it is. The first photo shows a Palestinian flag, a transgender flag, a Black Lives Matter flag, and a pride flag prominently displayed on a blackboard. Another photo two posters that, that read, like what I just said, F America. And it says, this is a native land and F the police. That is literally inside of a classroom, in a public classroom inside of California. What is going on in California? What are you guys doing? How is this even, be, how is this even being allowed? This should not even be a thing. This shouldn't be a thing that we would ever have to worry about, but it is. And I don't understand why. I don't understand it. It goes on. There's actually more, to be honest with you. It goes, policing is a violent anti-black settler institution that originated as slave patrols. The later poster reads, or the latter poster reads, 
Their primary mandate is to protect property and to militarize or militarily enforce white supremacist capitalism. They are doing their job as they are trained and paid to do. You can't fix what isn't broken. That is why we fight police. And then it goes on to say, F the police. So there you go. That's what's literally posted up inside of this teacher's, this teacher's classroom inside of California. I don't really know what's going on to say. So the school district goes on to state this. LA Unified holds firm its policy that students and adults in both schools and offices should treat all persons equally and respectfully and refrain from the use of willful and negligent use of slurs against any person on the basis of race, language spoken, color, sex, religion, handicap, national origin, immigration status. That's kind of a strange one. Age, sexual orientation, or political relief. So that's really strange that they're for that, which is even crazy to me is that the people that are in charge of these schools, they've been inside of this classroom. How could you even think that's a good thing? That is this wild to me. It's always something coming out with, with California and the way that they're treating kids inside of schools. I don't know why more parents aren't suing the absolute the school districts, to be honest with you. I don't know why they're not. I mean, I couldn't imagine what I would be doing if I walked into a classroom. I guess that's where I live, where I live now, because I know I'm not going to walk into a classroom with this being on the walls. And I have to worry about some teacher that's trying to teach my child what not to do. And your job as a, a, uh, a teacher is not to co-parent. Your job is to literally teach my kid about stuff they're going to learn in school. Even though I do think somewhat the schooling system we have currently here in America is somewhat a little outdated and broken, honestly, in real, real life. Does anybody know, need to know what X plus Y means? Let's be honest. How about we teach the kids more about taxes and how to save money? how to be far financially successful. I don't know. That's just me. And then I can go on for days about that. But well, there you go. California is doing California things. Not too shocking. But I did speak on this last week. And I remember Minnesota, this got shut down. But now it's got, it's, it's good now. It's good. If you guys did not know this, if you guys live in Minnesota, Supreme Court rules that Minneapolis voters may decide on abolishing the police department in upcoming elections, which is probably not a good idea. I'm just going to say that you can do whatever you'd like, but probably not the, the smartest thing. The measure, if approved, would amend the city charter to replace the Minneapolis Police Department with a new Department of Public Safety. The DPS would employ a comprehensive public health approach to delivery of functions of public safety. According to the amendment, it could include licensed peace officers, which are police officers, if necessary, which I promise you they're going to need them. There's no, no doubt about it. Go look at Seattle. I just was talking about this yesterday. Seattle. And uh, Portland, excuse me, Seattle and Portland. Oh, my God. What is going on over there? Killed the police system. Now they're realizing, you know what? We, we kind of need it. Speaking on that, I th- actually think Portland gun crime is fairly high, which it says right here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. Portland gun crime prosecutions rise dramatically as violence surges. Hmm, that's kind of interesting. Let's go talk about that for a little bit. The firearms data dashboard unveiled Thursday tracks of dramatic increase in gun violence prosecutions over the last three years. Hmm, what's happened over the last three years? In 2019, prosecutors filed charges of 109 cases in the average of nine, nine months span. That number more than doubled to 281 cases, which is a 158 increase for an average of 23 a month. That, this year, right now, this year continued an upward trend with charges filed at 285 uh, through, the end, through the August right now, and that's a 35 per month. So I don't know what the increase on that is, but it's, it's fairly high, and that's year over year right now. What has happened in Portland? The same thing they're trying to do over there in Minneapolis. Portland has seen more than 840 shootings through the month of August and according to police records, that, that city has already recorded more homicides this year than any year since 1987. So that is uh, 33, 34 years. It has the highest homicide rate it's ever had. And guess what they're trying to do? Defund the police. But they're going to blame it on guns. That's the crazy thing. 
We're going to blame it on guns. And then it goes on to state victim of gun violence has actually stated this. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, if this was actually meet, like if this would meet the political agenda of some some parties, they would be utilizing these numbers. This is kind of wild. So victim of gun violence is 58 percent of men and 42 percent women over there. And there's actually zero transgenders that have had any issues with guns, oddly enough, inside of Portland. And the race that is actually has the victim of gun violence the most is 57% white, 24% black, 30% Asian, or excuse me, Hispanic, and 5% Asian. There are some stats for you over there in Minneapolis who are wanting to defund the police and, and do that whole mess over again, because we already know it's not going to work. They know it's not going to work, but they're just doing it because they're trying to appease the people that live in those cities. As you can also look at, Chicago uh, has recovered the most guns they've ever recorded ever. Chicago police on track to recover 12,000 guns this year, a record high of more than, and it's also the more than New York and our New York City and LA combined. Yes, that is right. Chicago by itself has recovered more guns this year than New York and LA combined. And they're very strict on their gun laws. Where are these people getting guns? Usually criminals are going to commit crimes with illegal guns, correct? Yeah makes a little bit more sense. So it's also kind of strange why you would want to take guns away from a law-abiding citizen. I don't know. I really understood that. Data provided by Chicago Police shows 8,229 guns were recovered across the city with four more months left this year. That figure marks a almost, well, it's just over 19% increase in guns recovered compared to the same time period of last year. Last year, the Chicago only recovered 11,273 guns. I know it's a ton. In New York City, which is home to more than three times as many people as Chicago, that figure was higher than 42 180, which is, that's how much they had last year. LA had uh, roughly, has roughly one and a half times more population Chicago, and police only recovered 6,500 guns. It goes on to the name even more cities, Houston. It is the fourth largest city in the United States, 5,200. So you're looking, Chicago has an insane amount of gun violence. What does that, what does that have to do with? The way people are raised, the, the way the city is ran, the way cops are treated, crime is not punished nearly as hard there. So what are people going to do? They're going to commit crimes with guns and or weapons that they they illegally bought in the first place. How many of these these weapons that are being that are being confiscated were legally purchased on the open market? That's the real question. There you go. Thought we would touch on a little bit of that stuff. I always love bringing up a little bit of policing stuff just because I think it's really good. Uh, just to kind of prove that your whole or their whole or who is ever whole agenda it is to defund the police, how it really doesn't work whatsoever. And every single city in America that screamed defund the police last year has had their crime rates risen literally to either a highest it's ever been, ever, like literally right now, in the last 20 to 30 years. And they're the ones that have screamed from the rooftops to get rid of cops. And I'm just trying to prove a point. It's probably not the best idea. Maybe if you want to get rid of them, try something else. But you need policing, that's why the world needs policing. That's why America literally does the world policing. Because if we didn't have them, people would be running free, doing what doing what the Taliban does. Going door to door, searching for people, trying to cut their head off. So Bill Maher. Bill Maher. If you guys don't know who he is, Maher. M-A-H-E-R. He's pretty much just a comedian. I mean, I, I don't watch a lot. I don't watch any, actually. I watch zero late night talk shows. I'm actually probably asleep by the time they even go up. But he did go on and say something that was actually, I, I think it's good to the, to to put this out there because most of the late night talk shows are very much so on one side of the aisles as we do know they're always making fun of the right and they're always they're always just saying super random stuff but I understand it's it's really just for 
for not not really, I wouldn't say political gain, but more for a comedic pers- purpose. But he did go on to say this. Let's go ahead and play that video real quick. I have to cite a, a survey that was in the New York Times, which is a liberal paper, so they weren't looking for this answer. But they were talking about, uh, this, the question was, what do you think the chances are that you would have to go to the hospital if you got COVID? Mm-hmm. And Democrats thought that was way higher than Republicans. Hmm. 41% of Democrats, and the answer is between 1% and 5%. Okay. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% thought it was 20 to 49%. So 70% of Democrats thought it was way, way, way higher than it really was. Liberal media has to take a little responsibility for that, for scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> I got to give the guy credit because most of his friends and the colleagues are on, are on that side of the aisle that he's actually talking a little bit of, of shit about. To be honest with you, he really is. I mean... What did he go on to state? He said that 70% of Democrats that were inside of that poll, which was taken by the New York Times, which is clearly a left-leaning um, news article or new, news outlet, not article, but outlet. And the 70% of Democrats thought it was due to the fact that, like, when I, when I tell you guys this, if you guys were to go on to CNN's website right now, like if, you, if you just stop what you're doing and you type in CNN and you guys look at it, I, I, I'm going to promise you I'm not, I'm not looking at it right now. But it's going to have something that literally states half the articles are going to be about COVID-19 or how one in five people die from it. And they're just, it, that's all it talks about the entire time. Go over to Fox, they're talking about something else that's trying to smear somebody that's on the, like, what, what are they talking about right now? General Milley a little bit still, Afghanistan. The thing about the whole Afghanistan stuff, if you guys not notice, it's really pretty much died off now. No one really talks about it as much. It's because there's really, it's not getting as many views, but they still have a political agenda behind it because it smears Biden a little bit. See what I mean? So what did we also say yesterday? What did we say yesterday? That, that they actually did come out and say, well, those, those are kind of hot. Those, that bulb was kind of, yeah, that bulb's a little warm there. So the, they did come out and state that, that COVID-19 was actually politically motivated after the gov- gov- governor Newsom win so anyway so there you go i do give it to you bill maher for actually saying something like that because a lot of people within your party probably disagree with you and actually a little bit mad that you actually came out and said something about it so good job there you go thumbs up and as this thing is being filmed the fda is actually currently meeting over covid19 booster shots that may provide an answer to all the questions is is what they're saying which i don't think there's going to be any questions that are answered and neither does this gentleman right here. What I think we're going to hear from the FDA advisory committee is going to go ahead and to boost people over the age of probably 60, because that's what data shows. The question is going to be, so what does that mean for the people that are younger? And do we need to start actually boosting them now? That is, that is what this gentleman that is saying. He is in medical and analyst, Dr. Jonathan Reiner. So Mr. Dr. Sanjay Gupta states this. He wants to know, is immunity waning? How severe are breakthrough cases? How long does the booster effect last? How much do booster reduce the transmission? These are going to be the questions that they're going to be asking today that I promise you no one really knows the absolute answer to. Who's going to really know this answer? No one knows. There's a, there is actually quite a few people who went and got a third shot claiming it to be their second because they wanted to have additional protection against the virus. The proportion of the population that is fully vaccinated is now roughly, it's not roughly, it it literally is, 54.2% of the entire U.S. population is, and it still apparently is far below what experts have said it needs to be to slow or stop the spread and cases have been on the rise. So my, my question is, and this is the question that everybody in America should be asking, what is the percentage that will stop the spread then? Because they keep saying that 
these numbers aren't 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 high enough. Keep doing what you're doing. The numbers what what is what is the actual number? If we have a hundred percent people, or what does say? What if we have seventy five percent or eighty percent of the people are vaccinated in America? Is that going to stop the spread of the virus? No, it's not. Let's be honest, it's not. This thing didn't start with with a couple thousand people coming across in a plane in China, did it? Or did it? I think it might have. Well, it has to be a thousand. It could have been one. What if it was one person? If it was so highly transmissible back then, it could have just been one person that came in and then gave it to five, and those five gave it to 15, those 15 gave it to 100. I don't Who knows? No one knows. That's why we're still playing this percentage game right here, which we're sitting at 54% of the population is vaccinized or has been vaccinated. Vaccinized, I guess, might be... Yeah, I think that was the right word. Kind of a strange word, but anyway, there you go. There's a number. Booster shots. I'm talking about today. If you don't care, well, then you don't really give a... You don't care. So if you guys did not know, Millie Calls, he talks about them. He does talk about them. Millie Calls. He says the China calls were perfectly within the scope of the job, which I did say on the video where I was talking about did he commit treason, it would be very, very, very hard for me to think that Millie would actually go out there and do something so treasonous as to speak to a foreign country that is literally our enemy and tell them what is going on. I, I just don't see that happening. The guy's been in for almost 40 years. Almost 40 years. You can't give up 40 years. Of, well, I guess you could. Some people do stupid. I mean, Joe Biden's been in office for like 50 years and literally has accomplished absolutely nothing. So I guess Millie could do the same thing. So he came out today. The top U.S. military officer said Friday that calls he made to his Chinese counterpart in the final stormy months of Donald Trump's presidency were perfectly within the duties and responsibilities of his job. Okay. I don't disagree. I'm just, okay. I, General Mark Milley, such said calls are routine and were done to reassure both allies and adversaries in the case in order to ensure strategic responsibility, or excuse me, strategic Stability, not responsibility. Millie on Friday offered only a brief defense of his call, saying his plans and a deeper discussion were a matter for Congress when he testifies at a hearing later in September. He, he says that he thinks it's best that he reserves his comments until then, which is probably a good idea because he doesn't want to get himself in too much of hot water. And he knows if he doesn't talk about it, it's going to go away. That's very true. It's going to go away and it has gone away pretty much. They only brought it up this morning for like two seconds. CNN has not brought it up in two days, three days. So... It's pretty much gone away, and it's probably not going to come back. So what we have coming on, uh, what, what, is, what is today, today, Charles? 17th? So we have 17th. So September 18th is tomorrow, and there's going to be another protest down at the Capitol. If you guys know, the last one was on January 6th, and this is pretty much because of January 6th, and that's what's going to be going on down there. Now, this 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 kind of goes on. This, this, this is from CNN. It says, how law enforcement hopes to prevent another riot? Political agenda when it comes to things. Always out there. So this thing goes on to state that criticism of the security failures around the U.S. Capitol riot last winter has loomed large in the minds of federal officials and law enforcement partners ahead of Saturday's right-wing rally, resulting in a concentrated effort to avoid the mistakes of eight months ago that left frontline officers unprepared for the violence that unfolded. Okay, now to me, I don't think, I think they're portraying this thing as it's going to be crazy and that people on the right are super crazy and they're going to go through and do some dump. To me, I don't think... It has anything to do with what they're talking about and what this this goes on to say. There's lessons that have been learned. And it says what we realized after January 6th is that we had gotten a little bit lax in some of the aggressive conversations. And I was thinking to myself, you got a little bit lax. Yeah, you might have got a little bit a little bit lax. And that's from the Melissa she, Smalza. Well, that's a crazy last name. S-M-I-S. Simslova. 
She is the Deputy Undersecretary for Intelligence Enterprises Readiness. Holy crap, that is a that is a one hell of a title you got there. She goes on to say that some of it was just lack of discipline. I think complacency, maybe even she said, to me, that's that's really not it. I think that's that's a little bit of it, like maybe, but I think the complacency will actually be coming from the fact that this comes up January 6th and everything that has to do with the police there. They just came off of the last, what was it, like five months of just BLM beating the absolute piss out of our cops. They were hitting them with bricks up there in, in, in New York. Antifa was doing the same thing in Portland. Everything, everybody, the whole country was against cops. Everybody was against cops. Everything, everybody, well, 50% of the country essentially was pretty much against policing. So then this happens on January 6th. You really think that these people want to lay their lives on the line and then have to deal with what the media is going to do with them and then possibly get in trouble? No, why do you think there's like, all right, just go ahead. If you guys want to go take a picture with uh, George Washington, he's right there around the hall. Go around the hall, take a photo, right? Yeah, good. You want me to hold the camera for you? No, you think they're really going to stop them as they're coming in? Look what just happened the six months prior. It's not, no. They, these people have their hand tied. Police have their hands tied in certain, in certain cities, and this is definitely one of them. I mean, this, let's be honest. Can we be honest with this? Do you really think it has to do with complacency or, or whatnot? No, it has a lot to do with, did they actually really, did the police actually want to do something or were they in fear of their own life and in getting in trouble or losing their job? I don't know. I think that has a little bit more to do with it than, than what they're, they're talking about here. And they're also trying to hype up January 6th again. This is the same site that's always trying to hype up January 6th. It doesn't really matter what it is. If you go on there every day, something talks about January 6th. Every day. I don't really know how they do it, but somehow they include it into some article randomly. So there you go. Some other crazy news is you got, I mean, if you guys did not know this, we, we, we gave over some intel over to Australia to help them make a submarine, some, some nuclear subs and whatnot, which is great. So it's just clo- like it's, it's, it's amplifying and making us a little bit closer uh, with Australia when it comes to our ties, when it comes to doing stuff like warlike. Like we've always been really close to Australia since World War II, essentially, probably since World War I, but really since World War II, when we were, uh, the Marines were battling down on the islands, they utilized Australia quite, quite a bit. So Australia's always been a, a, a good partner of ours. So we, we helped them, and it's basically we're, we're partnering with these submarines and, and this, this new pact because of what's going on with China in, in Taiwan. But if you guys didn't know, China actually denied a German warship entry into its harbor. China has denied German warship on a mission to congested Sea of China, or South China Sea, entry into a harbor, a, Jor- a German foreign minister had stated. Now, the big thing here is Berlin at Germany has also made it clear that they, the, the mission that they were on, that, that ship was on, serves to stress the fact that Germany does not accept China's claim, though officials have said that German Navy would stick to common trade routes. So Germans actually came out publicly and said that they do not believe in what China is doing as well. So that's why China will not even allow them into their harbor. I think that ship had actually been at sea for six months at this point. And China also vows to resist uh, any interference as Taiwan welcomes support from the AUKUS Australian and U.S. pledge are fr- from its allies. There you go. So China's president, uh, Z, 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 we're going to say Z, has vowed to resist interference from external forces. Z urged members of the grouping to absolutely resist external, external forces to interfere in countries in our region at any excuse and to hold the future of our country's development and progress firmly in our own hands. He was in Tajikistan uh, via video link. He was speaking to a group of countries as well. But he went on to state that he will not allow any sort of interference. So this thing in, in, in the South China Sea is actually amplifying up just a tad bit more than what is being said here. I think we're actually going to end up being 
in some some sort of a uh, trade. Um, I, I don't want to put it. I'm not going to say that they're going to throw economic type sanctions on China, but they are the second largest economy in the world, and it's basically our fault. Which I mean, it doesn't really bother me to a certain extent, other than the fact that they're communists and they really don't like America at all. So it really doesn't help us. But I, I mean, I don't know what's. Everything's going to happen with Taiwan. So whatever happens with Taiwan, if they actually do go after Taiwan, which Taiwan was stating yesterday that they're boosting their military and spending an additional nine billion U.S. dollars over the next five years, they did state that yesterday. So that's got China a little bit heated. And I don't know if you guys do know this, I didn't state this actually, but China did after they announced that China actually flew into the Taiwan airspace with their fighters just to mess with them and then flew back out. So they're, they're like poking, poking the bear. They're poking the bear with Japan. They're poking the bear with Taiwan. They're poking the bear now with Australia. Even though Australia and China still have some economic ties when it comes to how, how they trade things and such, like where they get their resources from. So, but that's why America is, is, was pretty smart. I guess Biden did a good thing by str- strengthening its ties with Australia by helping them with nuclear submarines. This just came in two minutes ago. Uh, if you guys did not know this, wow, this is, uh, what is the timing? This just came in two minutes ago. The U.S. Coast Guard makes contact with four Chinese naval ships near the coast of Alaska. The United States Coast Guard said in the news release this week that it made contact with four Chinese naval vessels near the coast of Alaska. Crews interacted with local, national, international vessels throughout the Arctic. During the deployment, Beowulf and Kimball observed four ships, the People's Liberation Navy, Operation plan closed within 46 miles of the Aleutian Island coast. Uh, the U- United States Coast Guard said in a statement, while the ships were within a U.S. exclusive economic zone, they followed international laws and norms and at no point entered U.S. territorial water. But there you go. I was just stating the fact that China was poking the bear. China is now poking the biggest bear that's been hibernating and just hanging out since World War II. I you know we've, we've, we've sent out our cubs to go do a little bit of stuff. But I'm telling you, you can't mess with mama bear. You piss off mama bear... I mean, ask Japan. Japan knows. Now they're our friends. They know not to mess with the United States. Now there's Germany. Well, that wasn't even our, our war to fight. We're like, you know what? We're going to hold off. We held off. And the Germans know what happens. We're going to come in and dominate. We're gonna, it's going to happen. China, China knows they're poking the bear. A lot of people say that we, there's a possibility we won't win a war with China. And I know some people in the comments are saying some stuff probably like, China's not going to go with, with war with someone who owes them so much money. Well, I don't think it really works like that. I don't think China really cares too much about the fact that we owe them money. If they did, they wouldn't be poking the bear so much, would they? China's a communist country. If they want people to make products, they don't need to pay them to make products. They just put them in a camp and they say, make products. Let's be honest. That's exactly what they would do if we went into war and they would just be shipping, or excuse me, they would be manufacturing weapons and everything. Literally wouldn't cost them anything. Well, it would cost them something, but it would they wouldn't have to pay people to do things. Anyway, there you go. This day just came in. China's poking the bear. Again, I don't know why they are, but they are. So I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here and or this podcast if you're listening through Spotify. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I will see you guys again on Monday. Go type and Speak the Truth on YouTube. If you've not seen it, we'll probably have clips posted by the end of the weekend and really start rolling out with that kind of content here soon. So I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here. I do love you guys. Go ahead and roll it. Sweet, succulent. Mother trick is real, too. I'm out, y'all. See you guys.